0: So this morning, we're going to start a new series, and over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at a series on paths and pathways. Now, the Bible teaches us, and we can see from the scripture up on the screen, actually, if you can see that, it says that the, the Bible teaches us to be very careful, to give careful thought to the pathways that we walk on in life. You know, there's some pathways that we should be on, there's some that we shouldn't, and there's some that we've got to get off as well, maybe, you know? Uh, So we're going to take the next few weeks and look what, primarily from the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, we're going to look what wisdom says about the paths and pathways that we should be living on, and with it hard to choose great destinations for for us and for our families, (laughs) all right, so Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 27, fantastic, fantastic scripture here, and let me just read it from my Bible. I love I love reading my Bible. You know what? Apps are good. You can read the Bible on apps nowadays. You can listen to it. You can get it whatever form. But there's nothing better than having it on paper and black and white in front of you. I love it. I love my Bible. And this year, Proverbs 4.20 says, New King James, My son, my daughter, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Isn't that amazing? God says that his words, his sayings, are life to those who find them, and even health to our flesh. Health and healing to our flesh. He says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it, out of your heart, spring the issues of life. All the life forces are come from within the heart, from within us. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Another version says um, uh, deceitful or um, ah, put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet, verse 26. Ponder the path of your feet. And let all your ways be established. Let them be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil paths and pathways. Paths, the, a, a path is a, is a the Blue Letter Bible describes it as a track, and it like like a, a wagon wheel track. That's that's there, or an entrenchment even, which is more like an attitude, I would imagine. And the Bible says, ponder, reflect on. Consider with all seriousness the path that you are walking. Because the path that you are walking obviously determines the direction you're taking in life, right? And it determines the final destination where you're going to end up. And Matthew 7.13, Jesus tells us very clearly that not all paths lead to God. All roads don't lead to Rome, actually, you know? Matthew 7.13, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. I'm so glad that Jesus is honest with us. He doesn't tell us. If anybody ever told you that becoming a Christian and life would be a bed of roses, they didn't tell you about the thorns, did they? Because Jesus says to us, difficult is the way which leads to life. It's not an easy life. But it's a good life. It's a blessed life. There's a good outcome from it. And so we need to ponder. We need to consider with all seriousness the choices that we make in life. And, you know, the choice is all yours. The choice is all yours. You know, if you might be in a, in a relationship with somebody who's very dictatorial and, and, and manipulative, and, but even then, the choice is still yours. You can choose to get out of that relationship, but you need to make choices for your lives, unless you're incarcerated or something like that and you know the people are telling you when to eat. And But the choices that you make in life are your responsibility. We all will have to give an account for the choices we make in life, aren't we, won't we? Yeah. So the choices are all ours. And he says, and let all your ways be established. Huh? Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be. Established and that word ways it is actually it means um, in context, it means your moral character. Let your moral character be established because the way you walk is going to determine who you become. So let your moral character be established. Um, Let it this, this, this is like quality decisions. This is talking about let's make quality decisions in life that we're going to walk on God's paths. We're going to find God's paths, and we are going to walk on God's paths. Going back up to verse 25, he says, let your eyes look straight ahead. In other words, don't look to the right or to the left. Don't look to the right or left. He's he's not talking about physically, because the Bible says that we are to walk by faith and not by sight, right? We walk by faith. So, So focus up. Focus up, people, you know. <laughs> don't look over there. Don't, don't be daydreaming out the window. Don't, don't be looking at the distractions. Do you remember just a couple of weeks ago, Sandy was sharing from, from Nehemiah. And remember, they were doing that great work. And Sam Ballot and, and who was it, Tobias? Tobias and Sam Ballot, the enemies of the work of God, came and said, they sent messages and said, tell, tell Nehemiah to come and meet with us down on the plane there. We want, to, we want to discuss things with them. We're only meant to do them harm. And he sends him a reply and he says, Listen, I'm about a good work for God. Why should I come down there and talk with you? Listen, there's many who will want to distract you away from what God is doing in your life. Take no notice, send them away. You stay with what God has got for you. Don't look to the left or the right. Don't look at those distractions. Don't look at the temptations. Don't look at the discouragement. You know, the Bible says, Flee youthful lusts, don't look at temptation. Don't entertain discouragement. Don't entertain it. You know what? Don't get into a mental argument with the temptation or with a discouragement. Flee it. J- just flee it. Put it aside. I don't know if any of you ever saw that movie um, with Russell Crowe, A Beautiful Mind. It's a fantastic, I highly recommend it. Fantastic movie. It's about a guy, I had to make a note, it was uh, John Nash. It's a, so it's a biography, it's a real life story about John Nash. He was a Nobel Laureate in economics, very very brilliant guy, but unfortunately he was also a paranoid schizophrenic, and he used to have what they call delusional episodes and 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 so when you watch the movie you'll see that um, he'll be at his home with his family, and the next minute there was two prominent people in his life who would, who would come and they were, they were like spars in the movie uh, and, and and he would get involved in these in these um, uh, uh, things right with with, with with these people, they, they would lead him to do things, and often he would end up in delusional episodes, so he would be getting really violent and doing things, because for him it was really real. He was he could see these people, they were talking to him, what he was doing was, he, he was a, a paranoid schizophrenic, and he would have these delusional episodes, and these people would always come and distract him away, and, and he ended up suffering all sorts of things he was he was sectioned and they did you know like shock therapy on his brain and all sorts of things to try and reset his brain it was back in the time of the second world war and this guy suffered all sorts of things anyway fast forward to the end of the movie and his psychiatrist i think it was sees him he bumps into him and he says he says ah, i can see you looking a whole lot better now how are you doing how are you getting on do you still see those people that used to come to you in your, in your mind and he says Yeah, I still see them, but now I ignore them. Now I ignore them. And you know what? That's how we've got to treat sin. That's how we've got to treat discouragement, temptation, anything that to pull you away from God. Ignore it. Learn to ignore it. If you find yourself... On the wrong path. If you realize, hey, hold on, what am I thinking? This is not the right path that I should be taking my thought life down. Or if it's a physical path, you're doing something. Listen, repent. Which just means just turn, just turn. Don't stop. Don't explain. Don't engage. Just turn back to God. In your thought life, in the physical way that you're walking, you don't owe anybody an explanation. Just turn back to God no matter where you are, what you're doing. You know, David, when he committed adultery and murder, he said in Psalm 51, he said, God, against you and you only have our sin. Romans 8 says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. I'm not indebted to my flesh, to your flesh, to anybody else's flesh. It's to God alone. When you find yourself on the wrong path, don't miss a beat. Don't explain. Turn back to God. Ignore it. Walk away as fast as you can. Flee youthful lust, the Bible says. Keep moving. Keep moving. So Proverbs 4.20. Let's go back up to the the beginning of that, that, that text there. So how do we know where we are walking with God and God's paths? Proverbs 4.20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. I find this incredible. How do we know when God is talking to us? He says, incline, uh, uh, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. He doesn't say, look what I've done for you. Look at the miracles I've performed. If you want to know which way I'm going, just just see. And I'll, I'll, I'll make that happen for you and you'll know that I'm in that. And you'll go that way because the sun will rise in the west this morning instead of the east or something miraculous. No, he says, my son, my daughter, give attention to my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. Church, you know what? God leads us by his counsel. God leads us by his counsel. He doesn't lead us by signs and wonders. He'll perform signs and wonders and he'll perform miracles. He'll make a roadway in the wilderness for us. But the way God deals with us is through his counsel. Do you remember when, when when Jesus said to the to his followers, he said, um, who do men say I am? And they said, Some say you're this and some that, and he said, Okay, but who do you say I am? And Peter turns around, he has that revelation, he says, You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And Jesus says to him, Yes. He said, Now, Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Yeah, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, Jesus wasn't saying that he's going to build his church upon the rock of Peter, because Peter means rock, but upon revelation knowledge that comes from God. Upon that, Jesus is going to build his church. The revelation knowledge, the counsel of God, the word of God that he speaks into your soul, that you get from God, this is what will establish his church. This is what Jesus is building his church upon, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know, the gates... Gates have never attacked anybody. We often think, oh, we've got the gates of hell coming against us. No, gates gates are gates. All the gates do is they try and hem you in. They try and try, try to stop you from getting free. They try to stop you from getting into another pasture. But Jesus, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. They won't be able to stop you. They won't be able to keep you bound up. They won't be able to keep you prisoner in that little area of your world. The gates of hell will not prevail against you when you have the counsel of God, when you have the word of God in your life. And you know what? Even at the the, the gates of hell, you know, Jesus was talking to, to Old Testament people, right? So they understood when he spoke about the gates of hell. That the, the, the gates of a city were the place where, where people would, would gather and there'd be be council. Do you remember the story of Absalom and, and David's son Absalom when he wanted to overthrow his father as king? Absalom would, he used to hang out at the gates of the city with all the other wise men and the elders of the city. And when people came in, they would have like a, it would be like a small claims court. And, and Absalom would stand there and he would say to the people, ah, oh, let me hit tell me your case. And he would say, "Oh, if, now if I was king, if I was king in place of my father, I would see to that you got justice. But the point was it was the gates of the city where they, ga- where they gathered. Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The council of hell will not prevail against the church. The counsel of hell. You know, I don't care who's spoken what into your life. You're going to be a failure. You can never amount for much. huh? You've made your bed, now lie in it. You go, this is your life. You're stuck with it. I don't care what hell has counseled you. But I tell you what, God has a word for you today. And God's word is, you are a son and a daughter. You are accepted by the Almighty. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against you will prosper. You are the head and not the tail. God's counsel will prevail. The devil will not be able to hold you back with his lies any longer. When, when, when you receive the counsel of God. You know, everybody has opinions, eh? Everybody has opinions. I've got to tell you this joke. Now, I'm terrible at jokes. i so just laugh at the end, okay? Right? But this is a good one. This is a good one, but I'm just terrible at telling it, right? But you all heard the story of the farmer, the, the, poultry, the poultry farmer. So there's this, this group of guys. <laughs> there's, a, there's a group of these, like, semi-retired blokes, and they would meet up every weekend and go fishing together. And um, so the one, one weekend they get together, they're going fishing, and the one bloke says to the other, he says, Hey, Fred, you're looking really downcast today. What's the matter? And he says, Oh, man. Uh, two, of my, two of my best egg-laying hens have died this week, and a couple of others aren't looking so great either. He says, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. He says, that's, that's terrible news. He says, yeah, I'm anxious about it. You know, I'm worried. This is my, you know, supplementing my, my little pension, you know. Um, <laughs> Let there be laugh, yes. <laughs> and um, so, so he says, yeah. So he's anxious about it. So, so his friend says to him, but, but tell me, do, are you where? Where are you keeping your hens? Do you keep them locked up in the barn overnight? So he, says, so he says, yeah, yeah, otherwise the foxes are going to get them, I'll keep them. He says, yeah, but in this heat, man, in the heat, they're going to they're be, be roasting in that place, you know. You need to get yourself, go down to see Joe down at the hardware store and get yourself a fan and you need to put some ventilation in there to cool the place down for them. Your chickens are roasting, you need to, you need to cool them down. That sounds like a good idea. Okay, cool. Relax, now he goes into the next week. Following weekend, they, they get together again, going fishing again. Oh, the guy's looking even worse than the previous week. What happened? Did you do what I said? Yeah, I did everything. He said, I got the phone. He gave me the best fan that he had. I put it up. It's been running all night. This week, six of them have gone, and the rest are looking horrendous. I mean, their feathers are falling out. You know, They're just not looking good, right? I'm really anxious. He says to them, oh, that's weird. He says, are you using hay or straw? Are they are they bedding at night? Is it hay or straw? It's straw. Ah, uh, you see there's your problem, you've got to use hay, because straw is too thin, it's providing a matchup, you're really cooking your chickens at night, you've got to put hay, it's going to provide a nice, you know, the air can get underneath them, you're going to cool them down, you're going to be fine, you're going to be fine, no worries, next weekend they get back together, poor old Fred the poultry farmer, I mean he is just devastated, Fred what happened? Oh, my my hens, they've all died. I did everything you told me. I got the best fan. I put quality hay down. They all died. And his friend said, I'm so sorry, man. That is terrible. I'm so sorry. I had so much good advice still to give you how to save your hens. The point is this. I'm a terrible uh, joke teller, I know. But the point is this. Everybody has got an opinion about how you should live your life. Right? You've seen the T-shirt. I've got an opinion, and you're entitled to hear it right? Everyone's got an opinion. Be careful who you take advice from. Be careful whose advice you follow, because have they got any skin in the game? So we want to choose wisely whose counsel we receive, and we want to receive God's counsel. So he says, my son, give attention to my words. Give attention to my words. Give attention to my counsel. He says, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. You know, you've often heard people say, oh, shame. You know, you know, Don't worry what they said to you. Don't take it to heart. They didn't mean it. God is saying, take it to heart. What I'm saying, take it to heart. Keep it in the midst of your heart. You know, ma- man is at, at his best is vapor, the Bible says. And and a lot of what people have to say is nothing but hot air. It's vapor. It just goes up and <laughs> It just dissipates. But God's word, God's word has substance. It endures forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will always remain. God's word has substance. You can take God's counsel. You know, when God works with us, God, God will make a roadway in the wilderness for you. God will. You are his child, and he loves you. He will make, he will make rivers in the desert. He will provide for you as you have need. But in his working with us, within his working with us, God provides us his word. He gives us his word, his counsel. And we need to take that word and apply that word to our lives. And therein are we changed, or thereby are we changed. God doesn't change me. I am changed when I obey him. When I live life the way he tells me to live life, then I'm changed. But God has never come in and changed me. He never changed my thinking. He told me, Chris, Romans 12. Can we just jump to Romans 12? We'll come back to the other one, Johnny. Romans 12. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God never changed my mind for me. When I was saved, I got a new spirit. My spirit was born again. God did that miracle on the inside of me. But my soul and my body, that I've got to work out with God. My soul, which is my mind, my will, my emotions, that is a a progressive thing that I work out with God as I obey his counsel. He counsel, we do, we change. He counsel, we don't do, we don't change. God doesn't change you. We will go through things and He will make that roadway in a wilderness. He will give us grace to help in time of need. But that grace is not a sedative. It's not a Valium shot. Valium, Valium, how do you say that? You know, it's not a sedative. God doesn't give us a sedative. I have felt the pain of every trial I've been through. Right. I felt the pain. God didn't give me a sedative, but He gave me grace. His grace was not a sedative. It wasn't now we're just going to float along in this little morphine cushion of, you, you know, bubble. No, I felt the pain, but he was with me. He walked with me. He lifted me up and gave me the courage and the strength to get through it. But I, he counsel, me do, me change. And he still makes the roadways of the wilderness for me. But his best for my life is not miracles. His best for my life is that I walk in the good plans and purposes that he has predestined in advance for me to walk in when he saved me. Is that right? Is this okay? It makes sense, eh? It is. God is with us. God is changing us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. But it's his word. He says there, my son, give attention to my words. <laughs> Incline your ear to my sayings. It says God changes us through his word, and we have to receive it. James 1.21. Therefore, James 1.21 says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness. The implanted word which is able to save your soul. But be doers of the word, not hearers, only deceiving yourself. Him counsel, me do, me change. You know what? God's interaction with me will be through his word. He will advise me. He will counsel me. He will direct me how to live. What is the principles for life? You know, um, in everything... The Bible says, Proverbs four says, uh, "Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and all you're getting, get understanding. When you seek God for His counsel, when you when you take the time, and you study out God's word and see God's principles, you get He gives you understanding. He gives us understanding of the principles of life, how we ought to live our life. Yeah." You know, in education, all these guys writing exams at the moment. In education, you have to write exams. And in the exam, they give you the most difficult formulas for you to work out. Why? To ascertain, to determine, do you understand how this thing works? They give you the complex problems to solve in the exam to determine your understanding. God gives us understanding on the things of life. So when, the, the, when life throws those difficult questions at us, We can work through them. We can navigate life successfully with God based on the understanding of his ways and his principles. Amen? Yeah. So understanding is shaped by God's counsels. And we will know how to navigate the question of life. So make every effort to get God's counsel. Make it, give attention to his word. You know, Proverbs said uh, in another place, says, if the axe head is dull, you need to use more strength. Sharpen the axe head. Sharpen the axe head. Get get understanding. Get understanding. And all you're getting, get understanding, because then we will be able to answer the questions that life throws at us. So as we go into, that, that's, that, that's it, really. As we go into the next weeks, we're going to be looking at the different pathways. There, 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 are, there are so many paths that, that God has for us, and we need to choose which path are we going to walk on. Are we going to choose the pathway of wisdom? Are we going to choose wisdom or are we going to choose just to go with how I feel about things? You know, are we going to choose to, to take wise counselors? Are, you know, the Bible says that, 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 that um, a foolish man isolates himself. But he who's wise gathers counselors, good counselors. So let's, let's, let's make sure that we are choosing wise counselors, people that we trust, people we trust in the Lord, who can speak into our lives. People who can speak into our lives. You know? Be very careful of people who just agree with you in every, everything you do. Maybe they don't care. You know? maybe, maybe they don't care enough to have difficult conversations. Because I, you know, we know what it's like, even as pastors. You know, sometimes you've got to have awkward conversations with the people because they're making bad choices. And you've got to tell them, but this is the word of God. And they leave offended because they don't want to know. it. They want itch- they've got itching ears. They want you to agree. Church, we can't be like that. We can't afford to. Do you know what? Hey, life is short. We can't afford to be going around making the same mistakes every time. As a dog returns to it, vomit, so a fool to his folly. You know, we've got to learn. And we've got to live through this life ourselves. This morning I was so blessed in the worship, just worshiping Jesus, worthy of all praise. Worthy of all praise. You know, this is, I don't know whether this is relevant or not, but yesterday, trying to prepare for this message, I was i was tired. I'd had a long week and I was tired. And you know when you get to a place when you've got no, no margins left, there's no bandwidth left in your, in your brain, you can't, you, I think of something... And normally you think, oh, that will inspire more thought, right? But it doesn't. You get the one thought, and think, great, and nothing more after. It's like, oh, man. It's almost like, you know, I had to go back in my mind and like, okay, I've got, a f- I've got no more space to go to. I can't expand anymore. I'm going to go back and I'm going to have to find some old files there to delete so I can use that space to think. Do <laughs> you know that's the kind of way I'm thinking of it, right? I'm just like, really, just nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. And, oh, then, then come oh, the woe is me oh, nobody's got it as bad as me, Donald Trump, no, never mind, sorry, uh, <laughs> nobody's got it as bad as me, right, this is just, a, and you just think of Jesus, you know, you think of Jesus, what he went through, the truth is that there is no sedative, grace is not a sedative in love, we have got to take God's word, and we've got to man up, we have, we have got to stand up in our generation And be who we need to be and fulfill God's plan and purpose for our lives. You know, we are, us motley bunch of the hope of the world, the local church. Why? Because we have the counsel of God. We have the counsel of God, not because we're anything special. But we have this treasure. We have a treasure in these earthen vessels, church. We have the word of God. We have the spirit of God living in us. We can bring life to people. How will they believe unless they hear? We were saying that this morning. Who was that? How will they believe unless they hear? And how will they hear unless people are sent? Church, we have got to stand up and be willing to go through the hard times. God will make a roadway in the wilderness. He will send you rivers in the desert where you need it. But you and I, we have got to stay plugged into him. We've got to be hearers and doers of his word. Hear his counsel, receive his counsel, walk in his counsel, and all our ways will be established. Amen.